With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And now on Beyond the News, we're speaking with Tom Mullins. He is a candidate in District 4, the District 4 race for St. Petersburg City Council. Mr. Mullins, welcome to Beyond the News. Hey, thanks, Gordon. Happy to be here. And thank you for making the time to join us. Now, we're going to be talking about many of the issues that have been uh, front and center for uh, many of the city council candidates. You have some issues as well that uh, maybe not all the candidates are focused on. So we'd like to give you the chance to uh, focus on those as well. We'll start with the Rays. Uh, they are top of mind, it seems, for everybody. Uh, they've been saying for the last couple of years that they're looking at a split season plan after their lease on Tropicana Field runs out. And, you know, it seems that people have just really perked up uh on this issue for a lot of reasons in the last couple of weeks. Uh, your thoughts, uh, do you think the split season is a fait accompli? Do you think any council member has any duty to try to focus on keeping the Rays in St. Pete for a full season? Or you know, is it to the point where we're just going to be negotiating shared custody? Uh, what are your thoughts on the situation with the Rays? Yeah, sure. So um, first on your your opening question, Gordon, I. You know, I, I, I'm a first-time candidate. Maybe I was a little naive. I thought that's what you were supposed to do was to put, uh, you know, identify the, the issues, uh, provide some detail, and uh, to the extent that you had uh, potential solutions or leanings towards uh, those solutions, you were supposed to state what those were so that people who vote for you know what they're getting. <laughs> and, uh, uh, boy, was I naive. Uh, it, it appears uh, not just my opponent, but, uh, but a lot of the candidates in the race really – sort of uh, don't go any deeper than just, uh, you know, airball platitudes about, uh, you know, I'm for listening and I'm for, uh, you know, maintaining our special character of our neighborhoods, things, you know, which I'm, I'm all in favor of that stuff too. But, but uh, I, I really thought, uh, thought uh, and would welcome if the, uh, the campaign, not just my race, but the others turns into more of a competition of ideas uh, that are uh, that are timely and relevant to to what the city's facing right now. So, uh, with that said, um, one of those topics where we did, you know, kind of go out on a limb, knowing that uh, that uh, whatever position you take on the Rays and Tropicana Field um, is uh, it, it politically, it's better to to say nothing there, just nod your head and say you're going to be a good listener. But um, but I actually do have some preferences for what the next steps there should be. And we put them, uh, and we put them out there for the public to uh, to consider. So, uh, first of all, uh, big Rays fan. I'm going to the game tomorrow night. Um, they're fantastic, and um, uh, it is. Uh, I would say it is a very, very strong priority to do everything we can to keep the Rays in the Tampa Bay market, and um, and not split the season. Uh, however, it is a lesser priority to keep the Rays playing in exactly the same location in the same venue that they play today. Uh, you know, the, the, the Rays have been around for over 20 years now. The experiment has been run. Uh, it's a location which 
you know, which uh, which doesn't work, I think, for the Rays from an economics and attendance standpoint. Um, and uh, and, I, you know, I suspect it's or it's not a surprise that they're looking for, you know, for alternatives that would it would help drive attendance. Um, uh, the you know, the I mean, one of the so one of our issues that we raise that, that relates to the raise is really you've, you've got this. Uh, this parcel of land, uh, which includes the Tropicana Field Stadium, but but overall is about 86 acres. It is uh, an absolutely priceless, nationally significant uh, redevelopment site. And as the city has has grown and changed over the last 20 plus years since the race came to town, um, it is clear to me that baseball professional baseball is not the highest and best use of that uh, of that 86 acres and um i was the first one i think in any of the any of the citywide races to call for a uh, do-over of the rfp process to find uses for the for the tropicana site that would be truly transformational for the area uh that bring a jobs engine and um, and basically follow uh, not to get into the weeds too much here, Gordon, but but you know sort of follows the RFP process that Mayor Bloomberg did in New York when he had a similar dilemma when he had a, a, a an improbably large empty piece of land on the east side of Manhattan on, on Roosevelt Island actually, and the the city did a New York City did a global search global RFP uh, to find transformative uses for that property without putting any real particular constraints on uh, on on what you know what type of, uh, of of use they they preferred for that and and they got a fantastic result you know that uh, that was 12 years ago and today that's uh, that site is even though it's much smaller than the Tropicana Field site, that site is the uh, location of a, a massive complex of Cornell University graduate schools uh, for technology, design, uh, business, uh, law, and it is uh, a huge contributor to to the local economy. And um, and that's what I'm looking for. For I mean, not necessarily something of a sort of an educational institution. Uh, character necessarily, although that would be uh, that would be terrific, but uh, but something transformative that brings its own jobs engine and which uh, spins off terrific benefits for for the community in particular South St. Pete. So that's uh, and and uh, you know I think since we got the conversation started on that topic with our with our campaign, um, it is interesting to note that in some of the mayoral debates, uh, you know both Darden Rice and Robert Blackman who are you know, at opposite ends of the philosophical spectrum, you know, both is, you know, sort of pointed to that as a, as a uh, potentially good next step to do here. I get the sense that uh, you're not uh, pleased with the process that led to the finalists uh, in that uh, process and uh, with the end result that uh, seems to be produced by those. Uh, that's one of my questions. And sure. another one, what your thoughts are about, the role that USF and St. Pete uh, could play in this. It, they, they, the reaction seemed uh, a week or two ago when they asked to be included in that, seemed that, that, that they felt a bit left out. 
Um, I can't speak about the kind of intramural politics with USF and the city, but um, but uh, in in terms of the you know there there were uh, I mean there were four de- redevelopment concepts that got shortlisted. Um, I was underwhelmed by all of them because all of them have a very simple but fatal flaw, which is that none of them bring uh, an embedded jobs engine as part of their as part of their proposal. And here the city is, you know, potentially looking to turn over a billion dollars worth of uh, of real estate value to to people if for something that doesn't, you know, that really doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't uh, have any kind of transformational impact. Um, the uh, uh, you you could kind of tell. I don't know if you went to some of the presentations, but uh, my wife and I did, and. You know, it was it was it was very clear that these you know all these original concepts, all four of them were were really designed in the pre-COVID era, and there were some sort of I think hasty adaptations that were made because you know COVID is is obviously likely to have some you know some very lasting influences on how people work and and how they shop and how they live and things like that and. And, you know, even after making some of those sort of COVID adaptations, you are still left with design concepts in all in, in, in all four cases, for the most part, which had, uh, to me, uncomfortable levels of, uh, of uh, hotel, convention, retail and office space that that I think are, are you know, you know, real gambles as to whether those would prove to be economically viable or not. So that's uh, that. That was my impression of those four. So the impression, I guess, being that the plans haven't kept up. Uh, any thoughts on the uh, roadways near the trough, 375 and 175? There's been some talk as to whether those should remain interstate grade or be converted to surface level. Um, I mean. I, I don't think. Well, first, you, you, I'm in favor of keeping them. It's uh, once you once you tear up a road, you can't get it back. <laughs> so there's a certain practicality to that. But um, you know, if if part of the uh, the new concept involved uh, perhaps uh, covering you know a portion of the roadway to connect it better with some neighborhoods, um, that I mean, that's certainly a, a relatively simple adaptation that could be made. But but no, I, I don't. I don't think it's it's uh, you know it would be beneficial to residents or to the environment to insert you know thirty new or whatever the number is you know thirty new stoplights that people have to stop to when they're trying to get to uh, trying to get from from downtown to the to the highway um, that just doesn't seem like a smart move to me. I noticed that transportation is uh, prominent uh, on your campaign uh, website. Uh, you also talk about future needs and uh, perhaps the possibility of a bridge, if I'm understanding this correctly, going over from St. Pete to uh, South Hillsborough. Sure. I mean, my uh, uh, I, I do have some. You know, this is just dumb luck. The the uh, industries that I that I cover at Raymond James. Uh, are in the infrastructure and transport area. So that's left me, I think, with a, you know, a, a pretty good base of knowledge to be smart about some of the, the infrastructure challenges that the city has. And, you know, whether we get growth or not, and it's, I mean, it's crazy to think we won't get, get growth. Um, 
The, uh, you know, a lot of the, the core infrastructure in St. Pete is approaching 100 years of age now. And uh, there's going to be, uh, you know, a ton of money that will need to be spent to replace it. Now, in the modern world, there are more ways to finance that and manage that than, uh, than what the city has done in the past, which is simply either raise taxes or go borrow a bunch of money and, and run up the debt of the city. And, um, and, and, you know, by, I mean, I have 30 years of capital markets expertise. I have uh, an enormous uh, amount of experience with infrastructure development uh, and with global infrastructure funds, the big private equity funds that are financing a lot of the infrastructure being built today in the U.S. and elsewhere. And, uh, and I, you know, I think that's something that that's a, that's a, a Rolodex and a skill set that's, that's complementary to what the folks on the, on the on the city council today have they have you know good qualifications in their own fields but i don't think there's anybody on the council that really has uh, has that sort of background and I, I think that would just be uh be helpful uh, when i have uh, talked with candidates as we've accumulated several interviews now uh, one of the issues that comes up again and again on the economy is keeping st petersburg an affordable city in terms of affordable housing and also mentioned uh, for small businesses as uh, well. What are your thoughts on the best uh, strategies to make sure St. Pete remains affordable? Sure. No, if, if afford well, it starts with, I mean, the overall cost of living starts with uh, affordable housing. It's usually going to be your, your biggest, uh, the biggest component of your household budget. So um, let's talk about housing. So, and this is a tricky one to talk about because I think there's a lot of people you know, including, you know, some people very senior in some of the neighborhood associations that are just instinctively of a, you know, sort of a anti-development, anti-densification mindset. Um, and, uh, and, they, and they are absolutely certain that they are, are, are being virtuous in pushing for, you know, uh, you know, don't build any more condos, don't, uh, you know, uh, build any more apartment complexes, you know, don't build anything for any purpose near anybody. And, um, you know, that's, that happens in a lot of cities and, and it's, uh, I can, without going into, you know, all the, all the case studies on that, that's, that's an impulse that's common all in, in major cities all across the country. And it has, when it's implemented, that type of anti, anti-development, anti-growth, uh, ideology almost always produces uh, bad social outcomes. Um, the thing that I, th I think is going to be a delicate um, but really important job of, of city council members is going to be to give peace of mind to some of some of these, uh, you know, some of these neighborhood associations that that St. Pete absolutely has alternatives to accommodate growth in a really tasteful, intelligent way. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That won't disturb the existing character of, of our neighborhoods and our high-functioning neighborhoods. That won't disturb that for one minute. 
Um, and, uh, I, I mean, if you, if you have a bicycle, <laughs> drive around St. Pete and see how much, uh, you know, how many vacant lots there are, how many, uh, dead malls there are, how many, uh, you know, kind of dormant strip centers there are, how many closed, uh, middle schools there are, how many, you know, sort of, uh, inactive church campuses there are. There's a lot, there's, there's a lot of land. Um, uh, there's, uh, there, there's certainly enough land if, again, if the, you know, rezoning and, and, and reimagining of, of some of these things is, is done thoughtfully and responsibly. And, and we can accommodate the growth. And another thing I would say about affordable housing, because I, I, this, this is one of my pet peeves, Gordon, I apologize. But um, first, there's, you know, there, there are, I mean, there's a there are, there is uh, for rental assistance and housing assistance. I mean, there's there are you know sort of e there's enormous assistance available to low income people through the Housing Choice Voucher Program of the federal government. And I mean, if you even today, if you go on the over and above that program, if you go on the city's website, you'll find like literally 20 different you know sort of grant loan and and you know housing support. Uh, financial assistance uh, alternatives. I'm not looking to dilute or get rid of any of those. However, um, taking money from one taxpayer and giving it to another in the form of a rent subsidy is not affordable housing. That's the, you're just shifting the cost. The 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 to be kind of intellectually honest here, the only way to really uh, impact the actual affordability of housing is to move the supply curve out a little bit, again, tastefully, responsibly, but you have to move the supply curve. And you, and you, and you actually need to do that in our city's case. You actually need to do that not just in the, you know, sort of for people in the, the lower income brackets, but it's, you know, that type of additional housing inventory is needed, uh, you know, pretty much up and down the up and down the uh, the income range in the city. Uh, so, uh, but I think that's, again, I think that's possible and uh, and it can be done without disturbing the terrific character of our, of our high functioning neighborhoods. Over the last year, there's been a lot of concern about uh, the increasing homicide rate in St. Petersburg. Uh, your thoughts on that and what approaches the city needs to uh, employ to deal with that and to try to bring those numbers down uh, and uh, overall the question about uh, crime in the city of St. Petersburg. Sure, sure. Um, I think crime is a, uh, well, first of all, your timing is excellent. We, um, we published uh, an open letter in the Tampa Bay Times yesterday, uh, our campaign did, about crime. And there are, you know, so, some of our, well, you know, some a considerable amount of uh, of, of uh, commentary from our campaign on on the crime issue is is found in that, and I, I won't walk through all those all those points and content, but but that is out there, and we're posting it to our website, uh, I, I believe, today as well. Um, to me, there's a couple comments on crime. I mean, uh, you know, first of all, this uh, this is a problem. Um, uh, uh, there's a lot of people in you know, sort of all the neighborhoods of the city that, that talk about it. Uh, you know, we were at a, uh, uh, like, uh, the Kenwood homeowners association thing last night for a panel discussion. And, 
You know, I would say in, in normal times, that's usually one of the city's safer neighborhoods and crime is, is not, uh, you know, one of the top agenda items, but it was last night. And uh, people, you know, people see the trends and the trends are bad and the trends are particularly bad at the, unfortunately, the most violent end of the crime spectrum, which is, you know, which is, uh, you know, sort of pointless handgun murders. <laughs> and it's just, I don't mean to, you know, make, you know, make light of it, but it's, uh, there, there's, there's a lot of awareness of this. Uh, to me, the, the causes of that, um, the causes of that have uh, have a, 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 a very wide variety of, of causes. And we talk about that a little bit in our crime piece that we published this week. But um, but it's 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 influenced by, you know, everything from bail policies to covid prison releases to the open border, you know, things like the open borders, uh, you know, the influx of, of, of immigrants uh, that has to I'm certain that has an impact on what's happening here. Uh, the uh, you know, the fact that uh, people have been paid to stay home and uh, from work and, you know, idle, obviously idle hands uh, usually find uh, mischief. So there's there's a there's a there's a lot of different issues. Um, I guess I would just encourage people to consider that um, it really does matter who you uh, who who you vote for in a municipal election. If you are, you know, if crime is one of your your real concerns, there is, I, I think, a very very obvious correlation between between the uh, the, the the violent crime trends. And the implementation of, of progressive uh, government, the, the national progressive government agenda at the municipal level. Um, you know, whether whether you're looking at, you know, Chicago is probably one of the, you know, one of the worst examples that's on TV all the time. But Atlanta's having horrible problems. Baltimore is having terrible problems. Philly, horrible problems. Uh, you know, Portland now, a city that used to not have any problems like that. Uh, obviously, Los Angeles, San Francisco. Um, you know, and all these things tend to be tend to be correlated uh, with the, you know, with the uh, the implementation of the kind of the woke progressive government playbook that a lot of those a lot of those cities saw in the last ten to fifteen years. I don't think it's any coincidence. Like, especially look at you know New York. The contrast couldn't be couldn't be greater like what crime you know what crime trends are doing there now compared to what they were under a, a very very different governing philosophy under uh, under mayor bloomberg several of the council candidates that we've spoken to have said that they would like to see a less adversarial relationship between st petersburg city government and state government in tallahassee there's a lot of Butting of heads uh, over the last right. few years on issues such as red tide and uh, sewage dumps and uh, and the like. Uh, what would you think are the best ways to get to uh, St. Petersburg and Tallahassee getting along again? Uh, on this one, uh, Gordon, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I may not be the uh, the wisest counsel on that. I uh, I'm you know I'm new to I'm new to politics. I'm new to a lot of these uh, intramural skirmishes that are happening between uh, you know between Tallahassee and, and our city. Uh, I uh, I will study that and uh, and get back to you. But I think some of it is unavoidable because you have uh, 
you, you know, you have uh, a predominantly conservative leaning uh, state legislature and a governor now compared to St. Pete, where we kind of go our own way, even, you know, even people who are registered Republicans here tend to be, you know, very, very independent thinkers and, and, and not, you know, straight party line voters. And, uh, you know, a good, good example of that would be, you know, uh, actually one of the guys that endorsed me was, uh, uh, Senator Jeff Brandis. And, uh, you know, he, he gets in fights with the, the Republicans as often as he does with Democrats up there. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and he's a, you know, he's a Republican. So, uh, anyway, I think that might be, uh, just something that's, uh, that's, uh, going to always be difficult to reconcile. Do you think, uh, that, uh, performative, uh, government do you think uh you refer to it on your website as virtue signaling do you think that's a factor in uh any of the uh headbutting and uh, ill will so, and i don't know if that no i don't i don't think it is i just uh you know that I, I just hate to see resources spent uh for the you know for uh, resources the taxpayers spent for things that are primarily sort of virtue signaling uh you know i, I like a good example that might be uh you know, rich guys with Teslas, uh, you know, can can gas up their cars, you know, with electricity, of course. But rich guys with Teslas can gas up their cars for free on on Beach Drive. You know, is that really necessary? I mean, there was substantial capital costs that were, that the city laid out to you know to put uh, electric car chargers uh, on on Beach Drive. I you know that that's that's a, a capital cost I would not have done, for instance. You've been very generous with your time. Uh, we uh, wanted to get this in. You, of course, are have an opponent in your race, uh, Lisette Hanowitz. What? How can you tell us how you are the better choice uh, in your particular city council race? Um, well, I'm a little modest uh, to you know, toot my own horn too much here. Um, uh, the I, I would uh, let me rephrase and just say here, you know, some of the things that make me different as a candidate, not just from Lizette, but, you know, probably from, you know, some of the other folks that are running uh, and serving today. So, you know, I, I, I come from, uh, obviously, I'm a, I'm a longtime senior exec at Raymond James. Um, so, you know, I, our, I would say our sort of big corporate uh, community here in, in St. Pete really has not been uh, represented directly or there hasn't been participation from people like me directly on the city council or in city government in elected positions ever before. So, uh, and I think just the, the, the types of things that you, you know, that you learn when you're part of a team that's grown a business uh, like, like we have at Raymond James, where we've grown it, you know, by over the last 30 years, we've grown our number of employees and our revenue by over a hundred times. Um, there's just a lot of lessons in that, that, uh, that, you know, some of the other good people that are running and on the council, just, they just will not have had that experience. Um, uh, as, as, as well as, you know, the sort of the capital markets experience and, um, the, uh, just, uh, by dumb luck again, my coverage industries here at Raymond James involved industry sectors that are extremely relevant to what the city council is doing. You know, I cover the environmental, the, you know, waste energy, waste companies, uh, 
transportation companies like uh, you know like like airlines, uh, aviation services, surface transport. So there's a lot of that stuff is just uh, and we've done a lot of I've uh, probably done 20 deals for you know infrastructure finance you know, projects and companies and that's just uh, that's just expertise that that uh, that's not present in city hall right now um i i'm uh, you know i'm the only one i think running that's uh, that i know of that's actually been a union member um uh we've made it a priority we were the first campaign i think to make uh make it a priority to control the growth of property taxes here in st pete little known secret the not the actual amount of cash Paid in property taxes has nearly doubled over the last eight years in St. Petersburg. A lot of people are surprised to hear that. Uh, the property tax rate in St. Pete is one of the higher ones in Florida now. As a result, um, I'm the uh, I was the first candidate, you know, to really uh, propose a do-over of the Tropicana redevelopment project, uh, uh, and I think that's an idea that appears to be catching on with with other candidates and observers there. And uh, you know, last but not least, I think my my again my main claim to fame is there's you know there's a lot of people that <laughs> that run for office that that uh, you know make some pretty fancy claims about how they're going to drive you know job creation and private sector job creation. And I, I got to tell you, I, I chuckle a little bit when I hear some of these ideas because they you know if they don't come from uh, from an experience base like, you know, like, like we have, they, they just, they, they, it's just, you know, I think it's just empty wishing and hoping. I mean, I'm actually, I'm personally associated with two of the biggest job creation events in, in the, the, the area's history. Uh, you know, at Raymond James over the last 30 years, we've added 7,000 local jobs. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a, been a complete game changer for the local community here, the success of our company. Uh, I also uh, raised the capital for Legion Airlines to come to Florida way back about 15 years ago. Um, uh, that's created hundreds of jobs here locally in the, you know, the St. Pete area, and it's uh, completely rescued St. Pete Clearwater Airport from the, you know, the dustbin. I mean, nobody was flying out of there. 15 years ago until a legion came there and now there's 2 million people a year that uh, that that come to our that come to our area that drive our local economy um i don't think anybody that's running has uh, you know has credentials like that and uh, i would close on that one gordon and say that's uh, you know that's probably one of the things i'm proudest of all right we appreciate your time and taking time to talk with us tom mullins candidate for City Council District 4 in St. Petersburg. Thank you very much for joining us on Beyond the News. Great. Thanks, Gordon. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.